Gorgeous George and Goes, are you ready? Junkie Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on. From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. We roll it! What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Ghost checking in here on a Monday morning for your obvious Monday delivery. We're going to talk to you for the next hour or so as we discuss the latest in mixed martial arts, including everything that took place this past weekend with Dos Anjos and Luque at the top of the bill for the last UFC fight night, all the latest news. Uh, of course, this week is fight week. You'll see 292 on Saturday in Boston, Massachusetts, two title fights. Sterling versus O'Malley, Zhang Wei Li versus Amanda Limos. So Goes and I will be hosting that watch along on Saturday. You'll see constant reminders throughout the week about it. And we'll also talk to Kendall Grove, a uh, ultimate the ultimate fighter winner from season three, longtime UFC veteran, also fought for Bellator, fought all over the world. But right now, him and his island have the biggest fight on their lives uh, after the wildfires that have affected the island of Maui, starting with, of course, Hurricane Dora. This was last week. I'm sure many of you have seen the devastation, so we'll talk to Kendall about that and how we can help, obviously, because MMA does have a unique quality, and that's that we come together in situations like this. All right, folks, we'll be back to start the show. Goes, I want to skip Luque and Dos Anjos because you know what? It was a very technical fight, and both are talented fighters. I think RDA is a feature Hall of Famer, and I think Luque is a fun guy to watch. And after overcoming bleeding of the brain, much respect. But it was kind of a rinse and repeat type fight, um, which we can get to. But man, Attaboy Cub Swanson goes, I enjoyed that fight so much. I'm a Cubs Swanson Mark. We make no secret about it. We sponsored him when we were the tag, tag radio back in the day. He's been to our house. Um, we've just known him for such a long time, and he's one of the last of the WEC. But, man, that dude came out the scrap, didn't he? He did. And it's weird because, like, you would think the type of fighter he is and the style that he fights with, that he would just be banged up all the time and just really hurting. But somehow he's able to like, this one was weird because it was a great fight and he really did let it all out. But at the same time, he would, he would, they, both of them actually were pretty calculated in what they were doing. Mm-hmm. So it was like the safest way you could fight while still putting on a barn burner. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I think you're hinting at something that, uh I'm I was kind of like wincing at. Remember, were you kind of thinking of his hands, by the way, when you're saying that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean yeah, this I thought, guy's I broken his sure hand was hands break. probably what a dozen times, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's broken his hands about a dozen times, and I've never seen him swing harder in a fight, man, than he did against uh Hakeem Dewadu. And look, Hakeem Dewadu is a savage as well. 
But he was just throwing and throwing, and he threw till the end. And I'm hoping those hands held up because that's the one thing that I think that in a devastating loss, I could see him saying, you know what, that's it. So maybe that was part of Saturday was me just wondering if this was what I get, what I consider a friend, my one of my friend's last fights. And that's why this one was one that I just really took the time to enjoy. And he made it really, really exciting. I mean, these guys had body shots. They had they threw hooks. They threw knees right up the middle. They, uh, I mean, straight, right, straight, lefts, everything with some bad intentions. And, you know, I know people are saying it was a controversial decision. I would agree. I'm not going to agree with you, though, if you say it was a robbery. And I will say that I think between Daniel Cormier and Brendan Fitzgerald, I think they kind of were the ones that almost set the wheels in motion for people to think that that's what it was. Like it was two nothing. Swanson needs a miracle or that's it. Hell, even, even, even Cub who was in there himself thought he, he lost it to be fair. Right. But we don't know that from Cub until the very end. Whereas throughout the fight, the broadcast team kind of made it sound like it was two nothing. As I was watching it, I thought it could be one one. Honestly, I really did. I thought Cub won round one, and I thought Duwadu won round two, and then I thought Cub won round three. So I thought Cub really could be the winner. The judges were unanimous. They weren't unanimous how they scored it, but the scores came out unanimous, 29-28. Um, but then when Goes and I rewatched it, we were almost in agreement that all three rounds were so close. You almost can't blame anybody for going either way. Yeah, it was odd. It was uh, one of those fights where just about every round you can make an argument for the other guy. It's just just close. I think what kind of hurt the situation a little bit was you had the broadcasters leaning one way. And then, you know, when they show the, the scores at the end of the round, those were kind of going in one one direction as well. So I know you, you mean the most- significant strikes. No, no, you know when like uh, Dan Tom from MMA, oh yeah, 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 you know that that just all of it combined is kind of what I think made you look in a certain direction. But uh, for me, really, like round one came down to two very significant strikes that Cub Swanson threw. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's what what won him that round. And then I thought round two was was very very close. And then round three, I thought was a Cub Swanson round. Uh, but I'm not hating you if you go the other way. And, and I know people are going to say you guys are probably biased, but go back and watch it again. I mean, I, I felt like even though there may be a bias at times, we can always keep it real and really go back and and, and watch it through those eyes. I, I thought he won. I thought he won round one and three. Um, but I thought overall it was a very, very close fight. Didn't it almost feel like depending on where the judges were situated? Yeah you could possibly miss a significant body shot or whatever because their own bodies are almost shields to a judge that's behind them, either the one of the panels or the ref or themselves. There was a couple times where it was some phone booth fighting type of techniques that some would land where you're like, oh, man, who got the best of that one? You know, you're trying to squint your eyes and see. And so some of that might be missed. But like Go said, you you made it you made the most sense when we rewatched it. Remember in the first round when Cub went faint, faint, and then he threw that lunging right that backed up Duwadu. And that probably was the most significant and damaging um blow of that round. 
Now, mm -hmm. Duwadu mounted a comeback slowly but surely. And so towards the end, it got close. But it, what it felt like was a tit for tat every single time, but nothing to make up for that one significant strike, which kind of goes according to what we're seeing out of the criteria. And that's damage and offense. And yes, you might have a few more boom, boom, jabs or whatever. But if you take a significant right hand that hits you in the face, flush, and almost makes you fall back and almost makes you fall down, well, then, hey, that's even though it happened early for Cub in round one, that stands out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's kind of how I saw it, too, was um, after that significant strike i felt like they were just give and take give and take give and take and that's why i was left with why i went with cub in that first round but overall like dude what a like just what a good fight what a treat um it does always kind of give you that feeling like maybe this could be his last one i don't know but uh it's just a credit to to how he's been able to keep his career like this and fight the way he has and duadu um Maybe when he goes back, I think he might be the one that's a little bit more upset because I felt like he had the gas tank. You know, maybe he could have let it go a little bit more, and that probably would have yes. made the difference for him. Uh, as where I feel like Cub maybe gave it all he had, and uh, so if I'm if I'm Dewadu, I'm not feeling too bad off of this loss, except for the fact that maybe you could have done a little bit more. But uh, I, I don't think the UFC is going to really treat it as a loss. Well, I'm sure he'll feel bad because he didn't get that second check because he, you know, Cub Swanson's a big name. That would have definitely been a nice feather in his cap. And obviously you want to keep the train win rolling. Um, yes, he, he can. I don't think the USC will treat it like a loss. I think you're right there. So I don't think he'll lose too much momentum. But he does remind me of Mazudal years ago when Mazudal, who was a patient fighter, a counter puncher, whatever you want to call it, a guy that chose his spots, finally realized this isn't the way to win fights. Defense doesn't win fights. Offense wins mm -hmm. fights. And because basically at some point you may just run out of time. Um, but Duwadu definitely had gas left in the tank, and I think you'll see that he could have done a little bit more um, to empty that gas tank. And I think maybe that would have been enough to – win these rounds now i opened up mma decisions because i was curious even though they were all 29 28 did they all agree you know with every round and they didn't man this was crazy the way it went and by the way we're not talking about scrubs here sal Delmato, ron mccarthy and jacob montalvo who doubles as a ref and a judge now the media scores were it looks like to me 11 or 12 to 2 in favor of Duwadu, but there were a couple Swanson cards. But this is how they had it. In round one, the motto goes Duwadu 10, Swanson 9, McCarthy goes Swanson 10, Duwadu 9, and Montalvo goes Swanson 10, Duwadu 9. So two of the judges have it 10 9 for Swanson. So do you and I, goes. In round two, D'Amato agrees with us, or sorry, disagrees with us again, because he goes 10-9 Swanson. We thought maybe that was a Duwadu round, but the other two who disagreed with Sal, they go Duwadu, so everyone's 1-1 or 19-19 going into round three. And then in round three, all three judges went Swanson 
thereby it coming to a 29-28. Mm -hmm. um, there's no controversy here, folks, in my opinion, unless you're a Duwadu fan. I know it probably sucks and it stings, um, but your boy came out and fought well, and I think he'll line up a big fight and be ready to go again. But I think this is just one of those where I, if he had put out more output, even Swanson gave him his props. He said, the dude is strong, man. He he was a lot to deal with. But like I say, I think Swanson just made the bigger impression with some of his strikes um, going for broke that, that takedown at the end, whatever it took, you know, but he got, he got it done. And sometimes it's just about how can you, manipulate the the uh the judge's scorecard really you know you got to impress you got to impress the criteria uh damage and offense damage and offense is all he can say anyway he didn't take the gloves off sounds like he'll be back for another one and that's cool but yeah folks this is one of the last of the wec guys um, yeah we we're just talking about like being towards the end of the pride guys but we're not that far away from the last of the wec guys either mm-hmm and I imagine we'll be saying the same about Strike Force, and uh, I guess that's it until UFC buys themselves another another uh, promotion. All right. Um, the rest of the card was as follows. So Luke defeated Dos Anjos. Unanimous scores there, 49-46 and 48-47 twice. Khalil Roundtree, holy cow. This guy steamrolled Chris Dawkins. This guy almost broke his hand, I think, because the way he was swinging with hammer fists, uppercuts, straight, you know, straight punches, hooks. I mean, holy cow. He really, really messed up Chris Dawkins pretty good. And luckily, the referee jumped in there because he goes in for the kill. Um, Yasmin Lucindo defeated Pollyanna Vienna. Submission in round two. AJ Dobson defeated Tafon and Chuckley. Josh Fram defeated Jamie Pickett. Marcus McGee defeated JP Bay. Bays, excuse me. Terrence McKinney defeated Mike Braden. Holy cow, did he make up for a couple weekends ago? Isaac Dulgarian defeated Francis Marshall. Martin Boudet defeated Josh Parisian. Jacqueline Amarim defeated Montserrat Ruiz. Man. She looked great, by the way. Keep an eye on her. I think she lost to Sam Hughes in her last fight, but boy, does she look like a brand new straw weight. I mean, she looks like she could be a problem, folks, because Montserrat Ruiz is one hell of a wrestler. And Jacqueline Amorim, who got who took her down, or when she got taken down, swept her, just looked very impressive with her with her grappling, her ability to grapple. And how about Damon Blackshear putting on a twister on Jose, Jose Johnson? Very impressive. Luana Santos got things started with a win over Juliana Miller. No fight of the night awarded, although I thought Swanson and and Duadu could have benefited from that. Mm -hmm. uh, but they went to Khalil Roundtree, Yasmin Lucindo, Marcus McGee, and Damon Blackshear. Yeah, that was a little odd. I thought that was a very clear fight of the night the whole card on a hold man i don't know if i'm maybe i am grumpy because even when things go your way it's just kind of weird but the pacing of it was so strange because of how many quick stoppages they had you know i felt so bad for the uh the analysts because they just had to make up for a lot of time 
But when you're dedicating your whole day to watching it, it's just so rough to sit there and wait for that next fight. And then, um, but I thought it was a good card. The main event felt a little flat, but it was just understandable the way I guess it it, it happened. But there were uh, so many night and day performances. Like Khalil Roundtree, I just never know what to do with the guy. You know, sometimes he looks absolutely destructive. Terrence McKinney, same thing. Like, I, I don't know. There's so many Dr. Jekylls and Mr. Hydes on this card, but it made it for an overall fun fight. Yeah, Roundtree's on four in a row, by the way. So good on him. And, yeah, I hear you what you're saying. He, uh, This card produced seven first-round stoppages. And in the prelims, which there was seven prelims and six main card fights, of the seven prelims, six of those were first-round stoppages. Even the even the one that wasn't was, was a finish in the third. So we had hardly any judges' decisions until we got to the main card. But that can definitely mess with your pacing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that shows obviously in the books. This week is UFC 292, and Goes and I will be hosting a watch along on Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. We'll do four prelims and five fights on the main card. Now, the main card again is a pay per view. If you choose not to order it, then just leave. Stay with us. Watch. You're watching the fights along with us on the prelims. Well, you can tune in to us on the uh, pay per view, and the uh we'll tell you what's happening in real time during the pay-per-view we'll have our bets laid out we'll have the twitter feed going and uh obviously our chat room so join us on saturday won't you should be a fun card lots of band and weight fights even though we lost garbrand versus batista that one kind of hurts we still have um a couple other great ones including the title fight of sterling versus o'malley which could be historical, goes because some are saying Sterling might already be the goat. He could be the goat on Saturday, and of course, if O'Malley upsets Sterling, that's two big feathers in his cap with Jan and Sterling. Uh, imagine the fights he would have going forward because he's a big star. Obviously, he'd be on he'd be on the A side going forward with those pay per views. I think he could he could blow up. I don't know. Do you have Sterling as the goat going in? No, I still think Cruz is a goat, but Sterling's definitely knocking on the door. Yeah, he, he. I mean, he's as close to the door, I think, as you can get. It's just unfortunate some of the situations he's been involved in. You know, I think that's what kind of hurts. But I hope, uh, you know, if he gets a win here, that's pretty big. And then if he just chooses to stay there, I think he could do something pretty massive at 135, something that would be very hard to replicate. I think the cut is really killing him. And I think if that's the reason he chooses to move up, then all respect. You know what? You, you can't say anything about him, um, someone that wants to take care of their body for sure. If it's him wanting to chase other titles, I would say cool your heels. And I'd say dominate this one. Be known as the guy that dominated Bantamweights. You know what I mean? And became the Bantamweight goat before you start worrying about other stuff. Because even as of this moment, I think Volkanovski is known as the greatest featherweight ever, but not the greatest featherweight champion ever. Because he's got four title defenses, I believe, and he's chasing after Aldo, who's got uh, seven. And as I say that, obviously, I'm going to have to check and make sure I got it right. Either Volkanovski has four, did he move up to five? He actually might have five now. I apologize. Um, As far as 
Bantamweights, we did lose Cejudo versus Vera, but now we have Vera versus Pedro Munoz. We did lose Font versus Yadong because Font had to fill in um, for Nermago Madoff, who got hurt, who was supposed to fight um, Corey Sanhagen. And so we did lose Yadong. He, he doesn't have anyone. And I'm wondering if Yadong stayed in shape and could fill in for Cody Garbrandt, who was supposed to fight Mario Batista, or you think it might be too late? Because I haven't heard anything of you. Uh, I haven't. <laughs> but they're buddies, though, aren't they? Who, Mario Batista and, Cody, and Song Yadong? No, Yadong and uh, Garbrandt. Yeah, well, what's that got to do with anything? Wait, what did you just say? Okay, Garbrandt is out. Batista needs an opponent. Right. But remember, Yadon was supposed to fight Font, but Font left the card to go fight Sanhagen because Nermaga Madoff yeah. got hurt. So that le- that would leave Yadon without an opponent. But w- is he still in shape, or did he get out of shape because they told him he wouldn't have a fight? That's my curiosity. I, I think they I think they wanted him on China, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Is he on that card? I don't know that he is yet, but I think that's what they probably wanted. I know he Let's wanted it real here. bad. Yeah. Well, I don't see yeah, this the the show's canceled now, so maybe, maybe that's what's going down. Who knows? But this was supposed to be a huge spotlight for the Bantamweights. Um it'll still be because obviously we still have the title fight there. And they're already releasing the um Embedded's. I saw one go up on Junkie, so that's pretty cool. Zhang Wei Li versus Amanda Limos. Uh, Ian Machado Gary versus Neil Magny. It was supposed to be uh, Ian Machado Gary versus who got hurt? Goes that Neil Magny had to replace them. Do you remember? Um. Oh, Jeff Neal. That's right. It was Neil. Jeff Neal. Yeah. So Neil Magny replaces him. Vera versus Munoz. Weidman versus Tavares. How about that one? Yeah, that's a fun one. I mean, that's make or break for both, man. I think Tavares, he really needs a W. You know, Weidman just, I think, wants to survive the fight. He's already gotten to the top of the sport. Um, But, yeah, our good friend Brad Tavares is now 35 years old. And he's lost his last two. He could really use a W here. Yeah, he needs one. He needs one here. And then Chris Weidman, it's just it's solving a question, right, that we've all had. Like, what what's it going to be like? Uh, the, from from what I hear, like, he's training really hard. He's doing well. Um, I think if you have your best Chris Weidman, your best um, Brad Tavares, this should, this should be a really fun fight to watch. What's he going to be like? And I wonder if that's what Conor McGregor is going to be like. You know what I mean? Like, right. We're all going to be watching with two two different sets of intentions hoping that uh chris comes back and does well and and that we have some sort of a i don't know i guess a view of what mcgregor might look like because we saw how emotional anderson silva got and he got lucky because he wasn't even facing a leg kicker he faced nate nick diaz who just likes to throw hands and clown around a little bit remember that Mm-hmm. But when he won it, he was very emotional. So I know that that is a devastating injury, man. Yeah. We wrapped up uh, spinning back click earlier. So quick reminder to all of you that we do spinning back click every Monday. It's usually noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. However, uh, for the next, we're on a 10-week run. 
We still have another two months to go where we'll be on at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. And that's because a lot of you like to see the weigh-ins for uh, Dana White Contender Series. So basically, we moved up an hour. And as soon as we're done, you can watch the Dana White Contender Series weigh-ins. Once that's over, we'll go back to our normal start time. In case you all were wondering, that's the deal there. But we wrapped up earlier, and it is available on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash MMA Junkie Video, if you want to check it out. Myself, today's team was myself, Goes, Nolan King, and Dan Tom. Speaking of Nolan King, he is up for best journalist. And, man, we would love it if you could take the time to vote for him over at the World MMA Awards uh, website. Not only he, but MMA Junkie, we're also up for Best Media Source. So he's up for Best Journalist. We're up for Best Media Source. And we would love to hopefully have earned your vote and not just get a cheap vote. But guess what? We'll take that cheap vote. If you just want to help us out, we'll take that too. How about we that? We love cheap votes. Yep. All right. I think right now is a good time to catch up with Kendall Grove. He's in Maui waking up early to do this interview. There's a three-hour time difference. We'll be right back with The Spider. What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George checking in here, talking to a good friend of the show that we've known for a long time. He is the Ultimate Fighter Season 3 winner, Kendall Grove, longtime UFC middleweight, of course. But, you know, all that doesn't matter today because we're connecting with Kendall on a humanitarian subject. Kendall, first of all, it's great to see you. Unfortunately, under these circumstances... Uh, not like when I saw you at Extreme Couture a few years ago. It was so cool to see you out there training like always, BJJ, getting your thing going with the with the old team. But obviously here, man, I knew the minute I heard Maui, I thought, oh, I, I go, who do I know that lives there? Man, then my heart's broken. I couldn't believe what I was watching on TV. You're one of the first I thought of. I'm glad to see you alive. And in seeing your... Um, Social media, obviously, it seems like a lot of the people that are close to you are still with us. Um, but please update us, update us, because I know this thing, Hurricane Dora and, and the subsequent wildfires really, really did a lot of damage to your um, your island. Yeah, um, basically, Lahaina is gone. Uh, historic Lahaina, uh, our old capital. Um burned to the ground from French Street, Kamehameha Third, from 505 French Street. That's the beginning um, till Safeway, till Mal, uh, the boat ramp. Um, it's just uh, all the Hainaluna Road houses, my in-laws' houses burned to the ground with hundreds of other families um on top of losing their possessions a lot of people lost their lives the news is only saying 80 something people but there's hundreds um that got caught in this fire this fire was crazy the winds were at 60 miles an hour and basically lahaina town hundreds of years went up in minutes and um it, it is what it is. It's a tragedy. It, it's it's something that, 
I'm still numb. I'm still, I, I can't, I can't wrap my head around it. This, my whole life, beautiful Lahaina. Now it's, now it's, we're rebuilding. We're, we're, we're just trying to rebuild and trying to come together as Hawaiians and survive. You know, it's hard and it, I, I can't, I can't even speak. I, I'm a loss for words right now. Just so much people affected by this and um, we need your help. We need everyone's help. Anybody who can, um, please don't donate to big organizations, Red Cross, FEMA, donate to individual families. I have, uh, we have an adopt a family system where you can go on and adopt a family that lost everything. Um, go to their GoFundMe and directly donate to them. And then you can forward to your group of people. So you can, like I, like it says, adopt a family. And this is where we got to come together and not, and just be human beings to one another and just help each other. Cause Maui is bleeding guys. And if you guys ever, if you, if, you're ever a tourist here or a visitor here that loved it here that thought it's beautiful that continues to think it's beautiful please help help a family help a family in need help help us rebuild please kendall um i definitely want to get those the donations from you know the links to the donations to the families and everything from you so that we can send it to the right people. Because like you said, a lot of times, even in uh, at a time like this, there are some bad people out there that will involve themselves and the money will go in the wrong hands. We definitely don't want that. So I'll make sure that whatever I can get from you, we can put it, we can you know, on, use our social media to get it to the people so that they help the people that really, really need it, obviously, and, and not get it to some bad guys. But you, you said something about your in-laws. Just to check in on your family, you and your family are okay, and your in-laws, I know you said their house is gone. Are they okay, though? And Are, are you missing any friends or family at all still? I'm, I'm not missing anyone personally that I know. Um, like, they're all safe. Everyone made it out. But I know a lot of um, friends who lost family, who, who oh, didn't man. make it out. They, they're... Um, they're trapped in their cars. Um, oh. um, yeah. Uh, it's crazy because the media ain't saying nothing, obviously. We're, we're in that time. But, um, yeah, it, it's just horrific. And it, it's a tragedy. It's, it's a natural disaster. Or, um, yeah. Um, as you can see, I can't, I can't even think of words to say right now just because it's it's it sucks and but we're my my, my in-laws are all right they lost everything um i i got to go two days after the fire to my in-laws house and just witness uh the tragedy of lahaina luna road um over 200 plus structures 200 plus homes on top of hundreds of businesses lost but it's just weird to see. It looks like a po uh, apocalyptic city um, that that 
just ruined. Um, you could see where there was bodies on the road that they, they had cleared. Now, people that never made it. Um, walking down, you see cars in the middle of the road, like trying to escape, and their cars broke down, and God knows what happened to them. I just pray, like, everyone didn't suffer, you know, and um, um, hopefully we can heal from this and, yeah, rebuild and see if we can come together uh, as a people and um, take care of one another. It, it, this, this is the time we need it. We need it the most. We're hurting. We're hurting bad. Yeah. You know, Kendall, you said something that I think is very key, and that's hopefully we can all come together. And here in Las Vegas, you know, when we had our tragedy, that was the one thing that really stood out, and it was a change that kind of stuck. We all came together, and uh, I, I hope that does happen for you guys. And I, I did want to ask, you know, we can only watch things on our television, what's going on. You're there in the middle of everything. Are there any misconceptions or any things that uh, we're not seeing and anything that we can do to help that wouldn't really occur to our minds? Right, right now it's hard because um, all the like all the like the food, the the resource like clothes. Um, um, we're good on that. We have we have um, unbelievable support. You know, I have guys like Brandon Wolf, former MMA fighter Brandon Wolf, coming from Oahu, bringing forty containers filled with. Um, um, stuff that families need um, from clothes to toilet paper to everything, anything you need in a crisis situation, water, canned goods, everything coming. Um, so we're good on that aspect. But like I said um, in the beginning, find, find a family, adopt a family um, to where if you see a family, they're, they're out there. You know, there's a lot of GoFundMe's that went up. Uh, I'm sending people to uh, a lot of people that I know, families, um, uh, police officers that lost everything, firefighters, first responders, um, family men, um, anybody who I can help, I'm sending them that way um, just so they can get it immediately because um, that's what they need. They need money so they can they can start rebuilding their lives, start looking for, like, you got to understand, like, all these kids in Lahaina, a lot of them lived on Lahaina Luna Road. And all, I would say 75% of those houses are gone. Now, these kids, the the school is fine, but, like, there's no electric. There's, like, a, like a natural disaster. It, but... We just need the support, um, the financial support. We, we need donations um, to go to the people itself, not these organizations where they're going to hold it. Like a lot of the Red Cross and the FEMA here in the beginning, I think they're doing it stupid. They're stockpiling everything and basically nitpicking on giving people stuff and where myself and a lot of the other local bradas here um doing our own thing um cops are cool they they know we're trying to help i went in with a bunch of generators thanks to all the boys 
who supported and donated to me and I went out and I got generators, went out fucking uh, extension cords, gas, everything that they needed at the time, give them at substations, giving them at houses, people that needed it because power is non-existent there. Um, gas was non-existent. A lot of the gas stations blew up. Um, and wow. now one gas station is up and going. Um, so, so we're slowly, slowly, very slowly, um, trying to pick ourselves up, but it's not even a week old yet. So we'll see. Um, but tremendous, um, support coming in from the islands and um, the mainland. So keep it up, guys. Um, we need it. Like I said, if you ever held Hawaii dear to your heart, if you ever made a special memory here in Maui, please do donate a dollar. If we can get a million guys to donate a dollar, fuck, man. That you're, you're saving a few families' houses right there. You're helping them rebuild. You're helping them get some some sort of normalcy back because yeah. that's the most thing i see is like people is broken I, I when we go deliver stuff to these uh hubs at the napili park honokawai park you just they're just families of grateful families to be alive but just lost man they lost everything their whole lives generationally generational houses lost and yeah. I, it, 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 it's a, it's an unbelievable thing you know yeah and you use the word apocalyptic and it's so true because i was looking at your instagram and there was just videos and you could see the smoke and you could see the desperation in the voices some people were out there trying to help but at the same time they they their own lives were at risk it was really really like uh I don't know the right words, but, you know, it was spine chilling, you know, to see what you all went through. I'm glad oh, you're yeah. alive. And I feel terrible for anybody that had to witness and experience and be a part of that. Any loss. It looked horrible. Like, you see the cars and then you see the ocean. And now it makes sense that some people had to leave the cars just to get into the ocean to flee the smoke and, and the the fire. That's that's really, really terrible. Um and you see, you seen that video of the people in the water, the break wall, yeah. and, and the the smoke and stuff going. There is people in their car, right over, the, like a family, gone. Mm. They couldn't make wow. it out. They, mm. it was, I don't know the reason. Obviously, had to have been maybe they're scared to death, literally. Yeah. Um, but. Hard to think of. Um, like, never wish that upon nobody. Like, obviously, it's like, kid, like, even like, fucking little kids, man. Like, and I know, brother. This moment, like, I don't know, like, it, I, I kind of say shit. No, I can't I think of anything to say. I understand. Like, it's it's a tr tr tremendous loss, and it's so close to you. And like you said, people are still missing. So, folks, 
His Instagram is Instagram.com forward slash the spider MMA BJJ D A S P Y D E R MMA BJJ on our socials. We'll make sure we get all that letter, all that correct so that it can go to, he has links on his bio and he's created like a Google list. My bio. If you, if you, I, if you DM me, I can send you. If you don't want to send it to mine, then I, but you can DM me. I'll send you to somebody that needs it. I'll send you to a family that I know or uh, that is in need, which every family out there needs it. But just from what I know and who I know, I'll send you to someone who who, who needs it. Uh, like I, I've always represented my island. Yeah. From the from the start, um, all I want to do is help. I like. I just want everyone. I just want shit to go back to normal, even though it's not. You know, know but man. the most we can do is help and pray. You know, um, if you de- if you're deciding to take a fucking trip to to Hawaii, please don't come to Maui. You know, I, I'm going to tell you guys a story. Yesterday, I, I had to decompress. I took my family to the beach just to reset. And I, I know one of the lifeguards, he's, he's a jiu-jitsu instructor out here. And he, he's over here telling these tourists to back off, stay off the rocks. And he's losing it. He came up to me and telling me, hey, Kendall, when are you going back in? Hey, yeah, we're going to go back. I'm going to go back in after my shift. We're finding bodies in the water. So we're going to go dive. We're going to go diving and just help recover bodies. I had to hug him because he's going through some shit mentally too because he's the first responder. Like he's one of the first guys that went out. Yeah, he's a lifeguard, but he was one of the first guys that went out on their skis. Cause he found out that guys were jumping in the water at break wall right there on front street. So, and then he seen the chaos, like, and he's mentally fucked right now. Like I could see it in his eyes and I had to go up to him and hug him and reassure him that, Hey, everything's going to be all right. And I got to hear him yelling at fucking tourists to be careful. Cause they're going to get smashed into the rocks. And I just found it like, wow, like, one, one, it's our government, it's our fucking, it's our governor telling, oh, yeah, tourism is still open, which should be on Oahu and every other island, but I don't get why tourism have to be open on Maui. Like, we lost half of Lahaina, you know, and... It, it just doesn't make sense, especially like you got you got guys uh, the day after the like the day I think it was the no two days after was the first day we went in. We were driving through. Thank God I got through. We got through. We delivered supplies, but as we we're leaving, you see a bunch of families living on the beach in their cars, and then you see snorkel boats fucking parking right outside and they're all snorkeling. Not the, hey, it's not their fault. You know, it's not their fault that they they, they got a they they had a vacation plan. It's not their fault, whatever. 
But shame on these companies, shame on these fucking hotels that are not helping, shame on the Westin, Hyatt, all these hotels that never, never was affected by the fire, that are up and running. Shame on you guys for turning away locals that were hungry, that needed water. Shame on you guys. Fuck you guys. You guys can get yours, bro. I promise you. But for every auto Hawaiians, auto tourists, everyone who helped out in this last week, God bless you guys. God bless all you guys. God bless you, Kendall, because I've seen the work that you've done out, out there distributing things. And even last night, you were sharing with me about going to the airport and picking up more supplies. So you're a hero out there to your community. And uh, as far as MMA goes, obviously, we're going to spread the word and get the money, hopefully, to you guys as much as we can be raised in the right places. Please communicate with me if you need anything or we can follow up in any way. Uh, we appreciate your time today. Our hearts go out to you, your family, your friends, and hopefully those, some of those that are missing, hopefully all of those that are missing come home and are, you know, safely. And uh, But like I say, our, our hearts are with you guys. Hey, thank you guys. Um, I appreciate the time. Hey, please go to my social media. Um, look, look for a link. If not, if you're not comfortable with that, DM me and I will send you personally to a link that needs your help. And then we can go from there. But I appreciate the time, guys. Thank you, MMA Junkie. Always supporting. Um, and yeah, man, just prayers, you know. Prayers and um, whatever way you guys can help, we appreciate sure. it. Thank you, guys. Kendall, thank, you. thank you for the time today, Kendall. Be safe. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. See you guys in Vegas next month. Right, <laughs> okay, we'll see you. An emotional despite, huh? That was, that was tough at the end. You could tell this thing is really still, he's still processing it. And, you know, he spoke about that lifeguard decompressing and Kendall's going to need that himself because he's been out there delivering, you know, on the island and and going through a lot as well, almost like a first responder himself. Yeah, for sure. That's going to be very, very important for him is to figure out a way how to decompress all, all this stuff. Uh, it can really eat at you if you don't know how to release that. Yeah our best to not only him, his family, friends, but everyone that's on that island. And guess what? Um, and he makes a great point. If you've ever come here, um, you know, even if 1 million people send a dollar, it would still help a lot of families. Mm -hmm. um, send what you can, you know, and those of you that have been there, you probably had the time of your lives many have referred to maui as a paradise and many wind up going back so a lot of that would help not only the families but obviously the recovery of the island itself yeah. uh, these are wildfires that came because of hurricane dora which struck the island and you know how winds during a fire season that's not a good combo i've seen it in california it's horrible. Um, anyways, a few other things here. UFC, let me see. We, we talked about it a little bit um, last week, but Israel Adesanya did an interview today. He goes, or he, at least it was on our site. He released it. Um, 
He referenced the missing Rockhold fight. Rockhold beat him the first time, but he feels like Rockhold was maybe got caught slipping the second time, and Bisping came in on two weeks' notice and, and beat Rockhold. Changed his life completely, you know, and he's making sure that doesn't happen. Now, it's not two weeks. It's more like four weeks here mm-hmm. with Strickland uh, getting the notice and maybe even closer to six because I think Strickland's always training and always ready. But still, it is a short-term, short-notice fight, and uh, they haven't fought before, so it's not like a rematch, but still... He just wants to make sure he doesn't get caught slipping. I'm glad that he brought that reference up, and I'm glad that that's the way he's thinking because that's exactly something that can happen, right? Like, the way Sean Strickland fights, like, he just never gets out of your face. He's always going to come forward, whether he eats shots or not. And But realistically, when we look at things, Israel Adesanya is going to be a pretty pretty decent favorite, and he should win the fight. You know, there are a lot of things that Sean Strickland does that feeds into the way Israel Adesanya fights. He should be good, but, you know, we've said that before, and that doesn't really play out that way. So I'm glad that he's looking at things that way. That's what makes him such a special fighter. Correct. I agree. Um, I was happy to hear that as well because it seems like he's leaving no stone unturned, like they say. Mm -hmm. How about Bellator making that big announcement? Four title fights for Bellator 300. Somewhere along the way, someone said the end of an era, almost like the title of the show or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then when we kind of started asking questions, they said, oh, no, 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 we meant Cyborg and Singanu. And I'm like, okay, they kind of been going at it, but I don't know that we call it an era or nothing like that. So I don't know if that's Bellator backtracking a little bit or who knows what. 300 would be a nice number to end on. If these rumors we're hearing are right, that Bellator has been seeking to realign or uh, merge with another company. You know, we've joked about PFLator or what. But either way, if this was their last show, it's quite a banger. And if not, then, hey, it's a great way to celebrate your 300 show. They got Ryan Bader against Linton Vassell. They got uh, the they're going to continue the. Well, I already mentioned Cyborg and Zinganu. And then this is part of the continuing of the Bellator Lightweight Grand Prix. It's a semifinal. Usman or Magomedov against Brent Primus. And then we got Liz Carmouche versus Elima Leigh McFarlane. Thoughts on that card, guys? I think it's going to be fun. I don't think it's going to be their last card. However, I'm predicting, I don't know if they make it to Bellator 303. I think right around 302 might be it. But the, I think one of the giveaways is Scott Coker in his career. Anytime he's done something big, he does it right. And I just don't see him not mentioning going in to something that it's going to be the last one. And I think he would go all out on a last show. So I, I don't I don't feel like this will be the last card. I, I think we'll be okay moving forward. But then, you know, even Nolan King on spinning back click brought up a good point it's just because somebody purchases another company doesn't mean we won't see remaining shows being played out right especially when there's grand prix and stuff like that so um could it be the last show under the bellator banner like as far as it just being independent maybe but i don't think so I, i like i said i think scott coker has been around the game long enough i think he'd make a really big deal out of it 
going into it. So uh, I don't think this is the last one. Well, the WEC ran under the UFC banner for, I want to say, years. Strike Force, I think, did the same with, with you know, they ran as Strike Force separately, WEC separately. I don't know if they ran as long as WEC, and then obviously the UFC just absolved both mm-hmm. uh, of the fighters and their contracts. But I remember um, Dana White wore a Strike Force hat, and he had to send. I think Sean Shelby was their matchmaker. Yeah, he became their match matchmaker under Scott Coker. Um, so the UFC definitely has done this before. And I think if this were to happen with PFL or one championship or whatever else happens, yes, they could just let them under the Bellator banner run their thing. But then I think at some point, once a contract runs through or everything finishes that needs to finish, then I think they will all be absolved in the one big roster. Yeah, it could be. I mean, it could be. I wonder if the PFL would just at some point just go, eh, these regular seasons and playoffs are cool, but guess what? We're now PFL year-round, baby, and we got our roster and Bellator's roster, and off we go. It would be be interesting. It would be a lot of good matchups, fun fun stuff. I agree. All right. Um couple of last things here. Tomorrow is Dana White Contender Series. It would be episode 58. This is season seven. Check it out. New start time for, for the next couple of weeks as they're still running the Ultimate Fighter. They go at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Um, as you all know, Dana White Contender Series is now even now produced a champion in Jamal Hill, a title challenger in Tyler Santos, a t- title challenger well, that was a title challenger failed, but she fought well, by the way. Um, this one's a title challenger coming up in Sean O'Malley. So Dana White Contender Series is pretty legit. You know what Dana White Contender Series is, goes? It's basically hmm. LFA and or what was RFA and LFC back in the day and the occasional Titan and CFFC. It was their main events now, you know, producing uh you know, UFC talent, and now the UFC basically decided to run their own 10-week series of these types of shows. Yeah, I could agree with that. You know, like yeah. it has the, that that feel, but when you look at the amount of talent that's come off the show, it is pretty damn impressive. Yeah, and by that, I'm trying to pay a compliment, by the way, to RFA, LFC, CFFC, Titan, uh, Victory, all those shows in the past. They, you know, they cage warriors they produce shows that eventually some fighters became world champions in the ufc like coming out of i'll I'll give you an example coming out of um rfa before rfa and lfc became lfa pedro munoz is fighting this weekend over at um in ufc 292 uh, Valentina Shishenko became a world champion. Her, Derek Lewis just fought. They were at Legacy. Of course, you all know about Conor McGregor. Both him and Michael Bisping fought for Cage Warriors. Joanna Yenjacek, she made a pit stop there as well. So a lot of these organizations, like I say, have definitely um, produced the talent. And now they, unfortunately, um, still do do their shows, just not with a bigger spotlight because – there's only so many shows that all the websites and all the media can cover 
you know, and this Dana White contender series has kind of become a big thing. So, but I still want to give a shout out to all those promotions that are out there still do, doing their thing and contributing one way or another. We can't forget about the past either. True. Yeah, they've done a lot. Yeah. All right, folks. Listen, we're going to cut it a little short today. Um, thank you to Kendall Grove, obviously, for his time. And uh, hopefully a lot of you have been listening to us on our other show that we do. We have the Triple G Show with Richard Hunter. I made a plea to you all a few weeks ago, maybe about a month ago, pick an EPL team. The season's about to start. Our Manchester United Red Devils are going to go here in about 20 minutes. It's not too late to jump on either our bandwagon or pick another team or whatever. I'm telling you, it's fun. It's not a hard game to learn. It's a long season, but it's really, really cool. And once you start posting on social media, you realize some of your other friends and families, they love soccer too, and they might actually have a team in common with you. But anyway, we'll see you all on Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, for our UFC 292 watch-along. And our colleague, Farah Hanoon, she'll be on as well early on to do the preview show. And that's at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. All right, folks, take care. We'll talk to you soon. Go out and be a champion.